Hi, I'm Doris and I'm a journalist. Kia ora, I'm TA and I'm a marine biologist. Together we want to raise awareness for our marine environment and support restoring the abundance of the ocean. We are giving the ocean a voice. Come sail with us, join the journey. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Kahu. Kia ora. And welcome to another Nomad Ocean podcast episode coming at you. From the beautiful Bay of Plenty. Yeah, we're still, we're still here at the marina. Um, we're waiting for our new, new autopilot coming. Yeah, autopilot, drone. Oh, there's so many things coming for us to share the world with you. Yeah, we're really stoked. So hopefully um, the new autopilot, drone, slash, camera, slash... It's just like... I mean, it's like Christmas at the moment. Yeah, we, we keep on waiting for parcels to come. It's like, is it today? Is it today? What is in there? What is in there? Yeah, we'll see what happens. Anyhow, and then we'll um, head out there. And where what, do we go? Yeah, well, um, first we're going to just go... St- explore a couple of the islands nearby and um and then we'll bring them to you because we, we're not going to go too far um and then yeah so anyway we're digressing uh we um our facebook page yeah great who who knew that facebook can ban pages yeah well yeah well you knew but it. i thought i thought that it was only happened to fa- um facebook pages which have like you porn know, or... porn exactly show too many tits or whatever. We didn't show any tits. No. And we still got banned. Yeah. Marine protection, I tell you. Yeah, that's a very critical topic. Anyhow, so we got banned from Facebook. Our page got shut down. We haven't received any response despite bombarding them on Twitter, Facebook, Facebook help, social groups, forums, whatever haven't received any answer yet thank you facebook for your support so we created so we actually took this as a sign to make something different and we created a group because actually i mean that's what we actually wanted in the first place anyway to create a discussion to this create conversations and to have a platform where communities can engage yeah so it's kind of like an extension i suppose and like uh, we're really looking forward to sharing uh, the adventure and the journey with you, and also f- to to engage in in some of the con- <coughs> conversations that that we're that we are experiencing. Um, so, what's today's topic, Doris? What well, I'm gonna... a little bit confused because I thought in the first place we would talk about communities and their engagement in marine protection. Yeah, well, we're, we're f- congratulations, <sighs> no way. Forty percent. Forty percent of their ocean is now going to be turned into a marine reserve. Can you tell me in the first place where Nui is and how many people live there? Oh, uh, so like just approximately, just to give the broader spe- spectrum. Okay, so Nui is off the northeastern coast of New Zealand. It's on the other side of the Kermadec Trench, and it's kind of like two thirds of the way to Tonga-ish. Like 
Okay. Southwest of Tonga. Okay. So All southwest right. of Tonga, but northeast of New Zealand. Okay. What What's the population like? I mean. I think it'd probably be less than ten thousand. Mm, okay. It's It's like a volcanic, rocky cone, and then it's got reefs, and then it's got some like other reefs and islands as well. Okay. Um, but not. It's It's not the white tropical sandy kind of place of the pacific it's more rocky reef rough wild very rough very wild Mm. like very very probably very tough conditions to live on Uh, i actually personally haven't been to Niue, so um but i have heard a lot about Niue, and i'm just super stoked that Niue has seen the importance of securing their future and securing their community's relationships with the ocean. What did they do? Well, they've declared 40% of their their ocean to be marine reserves, mm-hmm. which is huge. Okay. So what is the benefit of uh, making marine reserves? Well, it basically means it stays in, in, in situ. So it, it stays in a natural state. and So no fishing allowed, no diving allowed, no... Like, uh, what is no, no, no impact. I mean, I'm sure. Mm. I don't know the specifics of Nui, okay. of this case. Mm. Um, and I think that it's actually part of a marine protection strategy. And so there will be various activities that, that will be allowed to take place. And then there will be, um, obviously, activities that are, that are excluded from that space. But the biggest issue with, obviously, marine protection is enforcing it. <laughs> yeah. So so it's all great that Noah's, you know, said yeah, we're stepping up to the plate. We're going to we're going to secure forty percent of our of our of our marine space into into a reserve. But really, it relies on other countries, <clears throat> like New Zealand, like Australia, like America, because America obviously have a strong presence in Samoa. To, to come to the party and and help enforce it. Mm-hmm. Because expecting a country of less than 10,000 people, essentially, to, you know, have a navy that can engage in enforcing um, a marine protection area from pirate fishers, it's really difficult. I mean, it's a lot of resources, it's a lot of, it's a lot of money and, and all the rest of it. So hopefully... Within, there's some goodwill from those bigger nations. I mean, for instance, from New Zealand to engage in sending up a um, a frigate or a off, you know a naval vessel up to Niue mm-hmm. uh, to to enforce it, and and hopefully they'll be on a rotational basis with those three other countries. So it's actually like implementing a marine protection zone is one thing, but the key issue is actually how it is accepted by the community but also by the rest of the world well, the, and how it is protected. Yeah, the community as a whole. Mm. And and that's where I, I, I firmly believe that the best enforcement is self-regulation. Where not having someone walk around with a stick but having communities actually say, I believe in the importance of this marine space. And the benefits and I receive mm. the benefits and I am going to, to have or to exercise stewardship mm. and guardianship of that mm. space and safeguard it for future generations. And by that 
connection and that relationship, it gives so much more value to that marine space. But that doesn't protect it from, as you said, uh, or as you mentioned, pirate fishing, for example, from other other communities, let's say, who come in. Well, uh, it, it may not protect it, but it definitely it definitely means that there's more eyes on the water. Sure. Yeah. And more eyes on the water means that people are aware. People can take down boat numbers. I mean, you know, there was that there was that famous incident of Sea Shepherd chasing um, that Chinese vessel mm. from the Indian Ocean or near the Maldives, where where it was illegally fishing. Chased it all the way back to China, reported it back in China, and then China scuttled the boat. So there's ways to protect and to establish and and to to um yeah protect the zones. Well, mm. information is really mm. important. So having having more people that are actively engaged in the connection with that space and and recognizing the the importance of that space to them and their community means that we end up seeing less of less of the degradative behavior and more of the positive behavior mm. we um i saw yesterday on 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 a facebook group i think um that it was a discussion about establishing a marine protection zone somewhere and then they said yes but for example the commercial fishers don't really um they they will probably stay at the borders of this of this zone and then fish everything out what what is in there how do you prevent that yeah so so there's I mean, a marine protection strategy needs to be more than just marine reserves. It needs to be able to provide for communities. And and by providing for communities, it, it also needs to have, like, buffer zones, like yeah. use activity zones um, that, that graduate mm. away from a marine, a full protected marine reserve. That's actually not the case at the moment, right? When we were out there, you saw like there's the marine protection zone around or marine uh, reserve around an island, let's say, but there's no buffer zones at the moment. Well, there are some instances oh, okay. where, where that happens. Um, down to Tairafati, which is... Um, down the east coast where Gisborne area, just mm, north of Gisborne, yeah. there's a there's a great place called Fangara where um, that famous movie Whale Rider was shot. They have a marine protection strategy there where they have a marine reserve with a restricted fishing reserve essentially, or what we call a mataitai. So they have a rahui and a mataitai and then they have a um, an open area and that provides a buffer zone between the no-take area and and the open area and they've they've managed to i mean the the department of conservation who've conducted studies in that and uh, on that marine protection strategy have shown positive uh, correlations of um, higher order predator species managing to recruit inside and outside that marine reserve okay. so it provides that, that that space for for integrity to be mm. maintained because the, the the pressures on the boundaries or the fishing the fringe as some people like to say is is less um intensive well and it's a strategy which is actually um set up in in national parks um all over the world as well because they usually have like buffer zones or you know like a very protected center but then it degrades yeah, so the level of protection yeah it, it graduating it, it graduates exactly yeah. mm. and what what we'd like to see is obviously 
to say more empathy or more more emphasis sorry more emphasis on the activity uses in those spaces and that those activity uses be consistent with uh, ecosystem based management can you give an example well for instance the removing of mechanical fishing methods um, you know things that use hydraulics net fishing for instance is something that that really needs to be needs to be rethought um trawling as especially in, in particular bottom trawling is massively de- destroys habitats it literally mows the 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 the, the seafloor and we need to really think about how those how those are affecting our um our environments but also how they are affecting our communities because our community can no longer you know, have access to those nursery grounds that, that once looked after lots of lots of different sorts of fish. Mm-hmm. And it's really great because now that Nui's done it and we have our Kermadex Island group, which is also seeking um, marine sanctuary as well, there's going to be two really big bolt holes mm-hmm. that are going to help feed New Zealand's um, marine environment going forward because both of those are on similar sort of latitudes. The other good one would be obviously if we could get Norfolk Island, um, if 200 nautical miles around Norfolk Island was was possible. Let's hope that there's more examples and that we actually take these examples and put them into practice Yes. more often. So this was a brief overview of mm-hmm. um, the exciting news for Nui. And, uh, and marine protection and reserve areas in general. And the <laughs> development for marine protection uh, that is happening all around the world. So jump on board. Thanks for coming along and... uh, Nomad Ocean, join the journey. Kia ora. Thanks for diving in and jumping on board. If you like what you heard, give us a hand and support us on our website, nomadocean.org. Curtains, cause all we need is candlelight, you and me, and a bottle of wine. Gonna hold